grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. My name is Elmer Gillette and I pastor Community Worship Center Church of the Nazarene at 117 Madison Street, Brooklyn, New York, 11216. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 30091, Brooklyn, New York, 11203. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers of our church and to all our fathers listening on this podcast. Men, you have been chosen by God to serve in a very unique role as the spiritual leaders of the family. In a day when we hear so much noise about class structure and racial strife, I want you to know that you are highly esteemed. You have been designed by God and destined for greatness. You are shaped for significance, men. God has chosen and defined you with a healthy self-image. People may have placed labels on you, but the most important label is a label that God has gifted to you. You were created by divine design. Blessings on you, my brothers, on this beautiful Father's Day. I want to read to you today from Isaiah 43, verses 18 to 19, and it reads, Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland, the word of the Lord. Today I want to begin a series entitled, A Brand New Start. And I want us to understand our identity in Christ. Our God is the God of new beginnings. And there is a recurring theme in the scriptures accentuating God's promises of a fresh start for any time and anyone, even after great failures, national disaster, pandemics, and setbacks. Many of us have experienced setbacks and have made blunders, and we feel that we are at an impasse spiritually, emotionally, physically, and financially. Sometimes the crisis can be so painful that we feel a sense of abandonment by God. St. John of the Cross calls it the dark night of the soul. And here's what St. John of the Cross says, and I quote, In the darkness of your worst moments, when you were alone and persecuted, you found God. Help me to have faith that God is there, especially in the times when God seems absent and far away. End of quote. For those of you who are in the midst of bad times, times of health crisis, relational difficulties, perhaps divorce or the loss of a loved one, or those who are going through loss of a job or career or facing an addiction or an identity crisis, God offers a fresh start. I want you to know that for every season, God has a plan. In the midst of seemingly impossible catastrophic and crushing blows, God offers hope. Jesus declares unequivocal hope. This may be the most difficult time of your life. You wake up each day with pain and heartache that is, it is beyond your capacity to handle. The good news is, God says, I want you to have a fresh start in life. I want you to have a new beginning I want to do something new in your life. 
right now, God is looking to do something new in our lives, both individually, in your family, the church body, and this nation. He offers a brand new start. That is our God. Sometimes we allow mistakes, setbacks, and failures to enslave us to the point that we never enjoy the exuberance of being a Christian. Too often we settle for merely surviving instead of thriving. The joy of the Lord is my strength. We need to constantly remind ourselves that God is more interested in our future than He is our past. Some people think that God is stuck on their past and that all He wants to do is to remind them of the things they have, they have done wrong. God is more interested in your future than He is your past. He says in Isaiah 43, 18-19, and I have shared this verse so many times with you, it says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. What does God see when he looks at you and me? Sometimes we look in the mirror and all we can see are the labels that people have placed on us. We soak Impose these words over the image of God. We were made in God's image and shaped to be like Him. When you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we don't have to worry what God sees when He looks at us. So many times we see ourselves through the eyes of betrayal, labels, hurt, and rejection, and consequently, we constantly strive for approval and perfection. When we learn that these beliefs are lies authored by the devil and the world, or our life, our life, our lives are, are, are in stagnation. But when we understand that these beliefs are not from God, our lives will be transformed. Our eyes will be filled with light and open to see truth like never before. The truth of our identity is how God sees us. We need to realize that we are in Christ. We need to define ourselves, brothers and sisters, because if we don't know who we are, somebody will define us. Break off lies, labels, strongholds, addiction, shame, and anything that is holding you back from unlocking the door to be new in Christ. I, you, are new creation in Christ. Therefore, if 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. When God looks at you and me, he does not see our sins or past mistakes. He sees his beloved daughter, son, the child that he has loved since the beginning of time. And God gives us fresh labels. Bless, favored, esteemed, beautiful, wise, redeemed, beloved, chosen. You are who God says you are. Learn to live in your own skin. It all comes down to self-worth. Feeling that you are truly worthy of value, no matter how you 
look or act or think or what others think of you. Stop seeking validation from other people. Find your self-worth in who God says you are. You are created by God and equal to anyone. Yes, you are. When we doubt God, we are choosing to believe someone else. Our self-image affects our attitude toward God. Those who have a poor self-image tend to be bitter and resentful toward God. What we think determines what we do and what we feel. Proverbs 23, 7, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. When we believe the lies of the enemy, we become who he says we are. However, when we realize our self-worth, beauty, and joy in Christ, we have the fearlessness to step into our destiny and reign. We are victors. Yes, we are. Romans 8, 37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We have royalty in our veins and we lead with integrity. First Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a royal nation, God's special position that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Now, speak boldly the declarations out loud to yourself. The power of life and death is in the power of the tongue. So it is vital that you allow the truth to come out of your mouth. It could be the difference in an amazing life and a disappointing one. The key to knowing our identity is remembering that God knows us intimately. Our lives matters to God. He values us. You may be asking, am I important to God? Allow me to answer that question for you today. Yes, we are. We are so important to God, He sent His only Son to die for us. Though it may be hard to believe what God says about us, I encourage you to cling to His promises even more. Here is how much you matter to God. Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. There isn't anybody like you in the world. There has never been, there will never be. When God made you, I've always told my church, he broke the mold. God does not create carbon copies. He only creates originals. If you were to search the whole world, you wouldn't find two people who had the same footprint or fingerprint or voice print. Why did God make you different from everybody else who's ever lived? Why did he go to all the trouble? Because he wants you to know how special you are, how much you matter to him. You are unique. God created everything in the world for a purpose, including you and me. We're not here by accident. We're not just taking up space. 
You and I were designed by God and it was his idea. It's not a mistake. The Bible says very clearly that you were purposefully, personally, orderly planned and designed by God. His loving hands made you exactly the way you are. You are you because God wanted you to be you. Your uniqueness is what God wants to offer to the world. God does not create anything without valuable. You have the ability and the character to shape your world in a measure that humankind has never seen. You are meticulously designed by God to fulfill the kingdom mission that you are qualified to fulfill. You are a movement of incredible potential. The late Steve Jobs, founder of Apple Computer, says, and I quote, Your time is limited. Don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't let the noise of others' opinion drown out your own inner voice. End of quote. Psalm 139 verses 13 and 14 says, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. In our text today, Isaiah the prophet was writing to the nation of Israel, who by the end of the 7th century and the beginning part of the 6th century BC, were taken into captivity by the nation of Babylon. Israel as a nation, had rebelled against God and had refused to listen to his pleas for them to return to him. So God was disciplining his people to the nation Babylon by allowing them to take them into captivity for 70 years. God had greater plans for his people. He had new beginnings for his people and he wanted his people to make a fresh start. There are some elements of the past that we must forget. Forget the bad. They were now faced with a choice. They could either dwell on their mistakes or let them ruin their lives. Or they could forget their mistakes and move ahead. Just like the people in Isaiah's day had to make a choice. So do we. Maybe you had a bad experience lately. Or maybe you did something long ago that you regret. Maybe the memories keep coming back to you and haunt you from living a full day. Well, guess what? Many people have, but we must forget the past. Get a revelation. It's over. It's done. It's gone. It can't hurt you anymore. There's nothing you can do to change the past. The only thing that you can do is forget it. Forget about it and move on. In Isaiah 43:25, it says, I, even I, am the one who wipes out your transgressions for my own name's sake, and I will not remember your sins. Wow! I will not live in the past. You cannot live in the past. People, we got to move on. My reason for living is to be like Jesus and whatever happened yesterday, yesterday is now ancient history. I will live for Jesus today. One thing we can know for certain is this. God never 
consults your past to determine your future. Aren't you glad for that? Oh, glory be to God. Brothers and sisters, God wants us to face the present. It is easy to live in the past, and it is easy to dream away the future. The declaration in our scripture, but now, at the beginning of chapter 43, sets a tone for a new beginning, a change of direction. God is making a fresh start. And the first thing he tells his people is to fear not. Isaiah 43.1 But now, this is what the Lord say, He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Wow! God says we are his. This proclamation to fear not is a call to live by faith for God. He is in our midst and doing something new because the people belong to God and because he's about to deliver them, they must respond to his word or promise by faith and not with fear. To truly understand the impact of this call for a new start, it is important to understand the situation of the Israelites when God gave them this challenge. Some had grown quite comfortable in their new setting and had begun to see themselves as Babylonians. Others had struggled immensely and were in a, in a desperate situation. Jesus is the new thing that God is doing for us. A brand new relationship, not focused on us trying to earn our way to heaven. It's a transformation based on the undeserved love of God, and we call that grace. The people of Israel did not deserve the things that God was doing for them. Yet, in Isaiah 43, 22, he says, Yet you have not called upon me, O Jacob. You have not wearied yourself for me, O Israel. The people in Israel weren't praying to God. They weren't worshiping him with all their lives. They weren't offering to God any kind of sacrifices as the next verse described. The only thing they were giving to God was their sins. Isn't that something? Isaiah 43, 24, the first part of the verse says, But you have burdened me with your sins and wearied me with your offenses. These people were paying, listen, no attention to God, sinning away and thinking that everything was okay. We pile our sins on God. We allow ourselves to be tainted by the immorality of this world. We fail to love the people that God has placed in our lives. God says to us, You have burdened me with your sins and wearied me with your offenses. God is weighed down by all our sins, all the sins that we have committed in our lives. You would think that God would punish us, but instead, look at God. God tells us this morning that, listen to this, that He 
is doing a new thing. Aren't you glad for the mercies of God? Why is God doing this new thing? It doesn't make sense until we see the last verse of our text. Isaiah 43, 25. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. Isn't God good? Do you see the picture of forgiveness here? To blot out our transgression? And that new thing is the blood of Jesus Christ when Jesus shed his blood on the cross. He was covering our sins, blotting out our transgressions. Because of Jesus, our lives are beautiful in the eyes of God. Our sins are forgiven. Perhaps you recognize that it was your mistake that has caused you so much pain. And that you don't really believe God is able or willing to forgive you and allow you to have a new beginning. Maybe you have been in that situation a long time and maybe you have lost hope. It is for this reason that God begins with the words, but now, wow, he who created you, he who formed you, is he who is going to redeem you. God is able to create a future out of the ruins of your past. He alone can do this. If you want a fresh start, you need to live in faith that God has made us for His purpose and our identity is not predicated by the hardships that we have gone through or are going through right now, but our identity is in Jesus Christ. We are free because the Son has set us free. I am a child of God. You are a child of God. And our identity is not what people have labeled us to be, but our identity is in Jesus Christ. Oh, glory be to God. Regardless of what people think about you, regardless of what you think about yourself, listen to me, you are created by divine design. Wow, that is absolutely beautiful. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for your great love for us. And for allowing us to have a brand new start. Lord, your people are weary and we need a fresh start. Thank you that you have promised us a brand new beginning. This is a new season and you have a plan for your people in every season. Thank you that today there will be a shift from the same old routine to a new revelation and consequently a transformation. Thank you, Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you don't know Jesus Christ today, today is a fresh start for you. Just pray with me, Lord Jesus. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins today. I receive you into my heart as Lord and Savior. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen.
Well, that's the end of this podcast. And I pray today that God will bless you in a very, very special way. Thank you for sending your tithes and offering to P.O. Box 30091, Brooklyn, New York, 11203. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord bless you today in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the people of God say, Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. We love you. See you tomorrow night on our online prayer meeting. Yes, he does.